0: You're listening to Bite-Sized Beauty, a podcast by Adore Beauty that breaks down the topics you want to hear more about into easy-to-listen-to bite-sized series. From sex to skin, we can guarantee there's something for everyone. So go on, sink your teeth into it.
1: So Yeds, I don't know about you, but I got quite a lot of DMs from aspiring dermal therapists asking about how to get into the industry, what course to do, where to study, do you do beauty therapy first and the questions were not just from people new to the industry but also some beauty therapists wanting to maybe progress their education too
0: totally i guess from my perspective it depends what type of clinician or therapist you you want to be i know that i didn't come from a beauty background and i didn't really want to do a beauty therapy course it just I knew that my interest was in skin. So instead of spending a couple of years, you know, doing the beauty therapy only to then have to go on and do the skin component, I went straight into skin. You know, I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way to do it. And I guess if you if you love skin and you don't have that beauty background, you can still get into it. And, it, it, you know, it depends what type of clinic you want to work in as well. I've predominantly worked in medical clinics and it, I've just always felt like that is the perfect fit. But if you start working... In a clinic like that and then you decide, actually, I really want to do a little bit more of the beauty component, you can always go back and do the beauty component. I don't think there's a right or wrong way.
1: Mm. You know, I did the beauty therapy diploma and I guess I did that because, and I did that first, I should say, because I didn't know about the dermal therapy degree, but I don't regret doing it because it was... The hardest 12 months of my life, I mean, it was me and 500 other women, so that was a little bit tricky in its own right. I was actually (laughs) the first male to ever go to Ellie Lucas. Love that um, for you. Which is crazy, and there's been more men since, which is fantastic. Love that. But as I said, it was the hardest year of my life. I'd never worked so hard. I mean, although it was only beauty therapy, there were so many boxes you had to tick. The amount of paperwork was extraordinary. And what I, I learned the value of hard work and I got a really, really broad understanding of the industry. And I spent a lot of time with my fellow students and with clients where I really learned the value of how to really care for clients and you know I sat by the bedside of lots of clients so I learned how to communicate with clients and I think that that set me on a good course so that when I did my dermal therapies degree and I started to learn more about the skin I could in my head kind of put it all into practice straight away.
0: Yeah there's benefit to to both avenues too and obviously you know I will never be able to specialize in giving somebody a super relaxing massage because I just don't know how to do that. But, you know, it's up to the individual and the path that they want to take.
1: But for anyone that is wanting to get into dermal therapies, reach out to Yads and I, find a dermal therapist that you gel with and start to build a relationship with them because for both Yads and I, we are a mishmash of all the people that helped us to get where we are today. And those people didn't find us. We went in search of them. Mm-hmm. So find a dermal therapist or find a professional that um, inspires you and they will be a big part of your dermal therapy's journey too.
0: Totally. It's such a small industry and everyone is very passionate that works in this industry and we love to help people. Okay. So, Ep three, there's no denying how effective skincare can be. We spoke about it a lot um, during the last episode, but I think as dermal therapists, we both know that skincare can only take you so far. A lot of people, I think, rely a lot on skincare to be like this magic miracle cure. But realistically, it's a combination of both skincare and clinical treatments that are going to get you the best results.
1: Absolutely. This is where you know consumers do get a bit of a wrong idea. They go and they buy a product or a group of products thinking that this is going to cure my melasma or this is going to be all that my acne needs. But whilst we know that skincare plays a big role in improving these conditions, there does come a time when we need to rely on the power of in-clinic treatments.
0: Totally. I know that I personally have had the best results from the combination of of skincare and clinical treatments, you know, the right skincare for the right person is going to be amazing, but you need that clinical component too. You know, I talk to my clients about the 80-20 rule, you know, 80% of the work is the skincare. You need to be consistent with that skincare and don't stop with your skincare um, and then come into the clinic, you know, that like 20% tune-up. It's, you know, like people go to the gym, not that I've been to the gym in a thousand years, but (laughs) (laughs) so your, your appointments are like your gym sessions and your skincare is like the food that you eat. I think, I don't know what you think about that, James, but you know, I
1: probably believe that more so from the perspective of the bulk of the effort that someone puts into their skin is actually done at home. You know, we rely on our clients to do their routines, ideally morning and night, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. And then they come in and they see us when they can. In terms of the treatments that are available today, like we cannot deny how powerful they can be and how impactful they can be on the skin. So for that reason, you might find that depending on what your skincare concern is, that actually the bulk of the improvements are going to be seen through the in-clinic procedures mm-hmm. that said you know yads we do not touch a skin until we know that it is suitably prepared for the treatments that we are going to be suggesting or throwing at it
0: totally and not without a consultation you know never this is i guess when a consultation becomes super important because when doing these treatments in clinic that are going to provoke a response in the skin and we need the client's skin to be ready. You know, you you can't have somebody come in and do a microneedling treatment when you haven't really gone through their history and perhaps realised that they did a a needling treatment last week. Or maybe their skin's not prepped, they're not using the right skincare. So even for some clients, if they've been overdoing it with their skincare at home, when we do these treatments, you know, we can, instead of producing the results that they're after, we can in fact have the opposite effect. So a consultation, I guess, becomes an issue of safety here.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Look, it's akin to like exercising on an injury and although some clients want to come in and just get the ball rolling and it can be really frustrating when we say, no, we've got to prep the skin first, we know that it's in their best interest and we also know this because we've actually had some experiences ourselves where we pushed our skin a little bit too far um, and where it might not have been particularly ready for a treatment at the time.
0: Totally, you know, I did that the other day, (laughs) even, you know... I, I test a lot of products as part of my job and, you know, I didn't read the ingredients list properly and I combined them incorrectly, but I knew straight away, you know, your skin feels a little bit tingly and hot and, a, you know, a bit sensitive. And I knew that I had done the wrong thing and pushed it too far. I think, you know, when things aren't right.
1: Mm. And I like to say that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon and you mm-hmm. don't just wake up one day and say, I'm running a marathon today. You prepare, you train, you do everything you can so that when you go and run that marathon, that you actually finish and that you do it in a good time and that you also do it without injury. So Yads, what are some of the ways that we like our clients to prepare their skin for in clinic treatments?
0: So I guess the way that a client Preps their skin before a treatment will obviously depend on their skin type concerns and the type of treatment that they're having. But as general therapists, we need to be mindful that we don't want to create any undesired responses in the skin. You know, when we're talking about treatments like chemical peels, we want the client's skin to be ready for these ingredients at a clinical strength level. And if you've never had a clinical strength peel before, there's a, a big chance that it won't be prepped, you know. And occasionally we might have clients that come in and let's say they're allergic to a certain ingredient like salicylic acid. So it's better for us to discover that they're allergic to certain ingredients via their skincare instead of via, you know, a treatment that we do. We don't want to chuck something on their skin and all of a sudden get that reaction. Also people with darker skin types, um, it's really important for them to be prepped on the proper tyrosinase inhibiting ingredients. You know, these are going to stop the production of melanin in the skin. Essentially when we're doing treatments like this, to the skin it's it's trauma to the skin and while they do deliver results there are conditions you know like post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation which can happen as a, as a result of the trauma and if the skin is prepped it's going to lessen the chances of any of these reactions yeah
1: i really do believe that what a client does before and after their treatments can be just as important and for some clients actually more important than the treatment itself So, Yads, let's talk a little bit about three of our favourite treatments and ones that um, are pretty common within the dermal therapies industry.
0: Mm -hmm. Can we start with chemical peels because they're my favourite?
1: Yes, please.
0: Yes. So, I think I've seen... Love a peel. And so does my skin. You know, there are some skins that just really love chemical peels. My skin is one of them, hence why I love them and I talk about them all the time. They're just really great treatments and the right peel for the right person will get you really great results. In saying that, though, they can treat a whole range of things, you know. They're great for age management. They're great for acne. They're great for pore size, texture. And as dermal therapists, I think we can easily combine peels with other treatments too. So they're really effective um, in clinic. But, James, you remember that episode of Sex and the City?
1: How could I not? I feel like I have to like stick up for chemical peels on a daily basis. Sex and City was not good for our chemical peeling business there for a minute.
0: Yeah. So chemical peels, you know, have come a long way. But
1: that said, like how good does Samantha look?
0: Uh, ooh, right, I don't, so on I don't the flip side. The, she looks great now, debatable after that chemical peel.
1: Yeah, post. Like,
0: they've come a long way and they're not going to burn your face off and they're not as scary as people think. I think everyone remembers the episode of Sex and the City because it's so iconic, but it's not like that. Uh, you know, we're in clinic, we're still using acids to exfoliate the skin and it's at a level obviously that is stronger than anybody's going to have at home or anything that you'll be able to buy online but you're not going to get a, a Samantha face.
1: Can I just say, Yes, yeah, though, like you can get a Samantha face. So I when don't want to discount. Okay,
0: when done incorrectly. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, like, you know, particularly like as we mentioned in episode one, you know, some dermal therapists are working under the supervision of medical practitioners. And, look, I'm not afraid to really peel the crap out of someone's face, but, mm-hmm. you know, it is all discussed in the consultation Definitely. and it's all going to depend on what type of acid you're using, is it complex with other acids, what's the percentage, and, you know, how much down time are you actually trying to provoke but the peels that we're talking about are much more user friendly
0: and i guess it also depends on where you apply the peel as well you know we can everyone always thinks peels are great for the face automatically you start thinking about the face but in saying that People often forget about the neck and the decolletage. These are very important areas for clinical treatments as well. We can do treatments on the neck and deck. So all of these treatments that we're talking about today, we can actually treat your face. We can treat your neckletage.
1: Neck oh, I love neckletage. <laughs> neckletage. Oh, my God. Have you ever said that before?
0: <laughs> I've never said that before, but that could be
1: Gads, a that is your word, <laughs> neckletage. It is the neck and the, the decolletage in one. <laughs> Love. You can peel everywhere. You can peel your bum. Yeah. <laughs> you peel your hands. You can peel your legs. You can peel your arms. We've just got to make sure, you know, we we do not peel the more more than twenty percent of the body. Yes. At the one time.
0: So obviously there are different depths, and which ones we choose of it will depend on your skin type and concerns. So we'll, we could start with the superficial peels. So these are very mild. Um, you'll probably find that they often use acids like AHAs. They're going to gently exfoliate the skin. They only penetrate the outermost layer of the skin. So a lot of people can tolerate these and you'll find that I think when you, you apply them to the skin, you will only feel like a really mild tingling. They're not going to be super uncomfortable, very manageable, and you can potentially go straight back to work or a Zoom or wherever you are. Um, there's not a lot of downtime. As peels get stronger though, you know, the down, the downtime increases. So medium peels use acids like TCA or glycolic acid um, and these tend to reach the middle layer of the skin. Naturally, these are going to be more painful. Um, when you have them on your skin, you need to be prepared to feel a continuous stinging or burning. It kind of feels like your face is on fire.
1: Feel the burn.
0: You can feel the burn. It's not a relaxing experience at times. And, you know, after you you do your appeal, your skin could potentially flake, it could be red, your skin could actually peel off as well. So clients need to be prepared for that as well, which means that you could schedule an appeal around your work commitments or your social life just so that you don't have to you know, be out in society while your your skin is flaking off your face. And then there are peels, which we don't do in clinic and should be done under the guidance of a dermatologist or a doctor. And they're kind of, the, they're deep peels. They sit outside a scope of a dermal therapist.
1: And I just want to sort of touch on the downtime aspects, you know, because they can really range from so mild that you wouldn't even know that your dermal therapist had actually applied a peel to your face. Mm-hmm. Or they can be, as Yad said, they can be really, really intense. But once again, coming back to the consultation, one thing I didn't mention uh, in episode one is that the other thing that we ask our clients is do you have the opportunity for downtime? Because we have a lot of clients that are coming in that have no opportunity. Yes. you know, They have to be stepping back to work looking better than they were when they left. Mm-hmm. So we know that that's part of the brief. So we will select our chemical peels accordingly and then of course some people are like no no i don't have anything on this week go nuts and that's always lots of fun too yeah yeah so i want to say that chemical peels are the way that you and i exfoliate the skin and we rely on peels rather than other modalities such as microdermabrasion abrasion Derma sweep, jet peels, all those sorts of um treatments that you will find in a lot of clinics. It's just Yad's and mys philosophy that we prefer to exfoliate through the use of chemical peels because we know that not only do they exfoliate, but they also elicit a whole lot of other wonderful benefits to the skin, like um skin lightening through the use of a reduction of hyperpigmentation. They're antimicrobial, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, they're so brightening on the skin, they're super hydrating through the stimulation of our skin's own essential fatty acids and hyaluronic acid, for example. So they do take that exfoliation that step further, but Mm -hmm. it's food for thought because there are lots of clinics out there and what every dermal therapist is suggesting that you have is always in your best interest.
0: Definitely. So choose what's right for you and, you know, always do the treatments under the guidance of a a dermal therapist you know once you enter the wonderful world of chemical peels it's um it can get addictive but i think people need to be aware that it's not a fluffy facial and sometimes they do need to hurt a little bit. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, look, I, my, it's got to hurt to work quite often. Got to often, hurt to work. But it does depend on what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And a quick chat about peels generally. You know, the most common ones we use are like alpha hydroxy acids, such as lactic acid, glycolic acid, fruit-based acids. They're very brightening. They're very hydrating, um, mildly exfoliating. Then we've got our beta hydroxy acids, such as salicylic acid, that is more oil-soluble, great for thickening. Skins, oilier skins, breakout prone skins, acneic skins. We use a lot of vitamin A peels in our clinic too, so great for age management. And quite often we combine those three plus more together because not many people come in with one skin concern, yads. They come in with three or four or five, so you can really tailor those different acids to get a great result for each and every skin type.
0: Totally, and uh, tailor the treatments. I guess that's why we love peels as dermal therapists too, because we can tailor them with different treatments to get you the best results. But we do also have to be careful. You know, there's uh, you know unwanted side effects that do come with peels, like pigmentation. I was talking about post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation mm-hmm. before, infection, scarring, miliar. Uh, this is why the consultation is so important. Mm.
1: Without a doubt. yes, yeah, you know that my first business was the travelling peelsman where pretty much all I did every day was just chemical peels. And I did that because I remember – the experience I had after my first chemical peel, my skin looked so fantastic versus how it had looked when I'd had facials previously. And I'd had lots of facials. I was always into my monthly facial. So, you know, it was a no-brainer for me because I thought facials could take your skin so far and then peels can really take it to that next level. Nowadays... I've had my clinic for longer, I've got more modalities, I use peels more so as a complement to other procedures because I want to say that peels work on the more superficial aspect of the skin. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that means that they're ineffective. There are so many skin conditions that are occurring on those super, more superficial layers, hyperpigmentation, acne, dryness, dehydration. So peels are great for targeting those concerns, but there are times when clients come into us and they have concerns at a deeper level. Yeah. So we need to be able to assist them because peels are great, but they can't do everything.
0: You know what can do everything though? What? <laughs> almost, almost everything, laser genesis.
1: Oh, yes. Our... Second love is laser Genesis. Do you know, Yads, if I was a superhero, I would want to be Genesis Man, where I would just be firing laser Genesis out of my fingers to anyone that wanted plumper, fresher, dewier skin.
0: So, honestly, <laughs> the best superhero power i've ever heard
1: so we've got two laser genesis machines in our clinic and we've been doing it nearly for 10 years now and it really really suits our clientele because whilst you know we're very results orientated it's still a very very gentle treatment the, the its mechanism of action is quite incredible with the work it can do versus how it actually feels to the skin so it is our go-to treatment for for gently stimulating new collagens and elastins in the skin it's our go-to treatment for refining pore size for neutralizing facial redness for helping heal um, residual scarrings from old blemishes so those red discolorations and also helping to move to reduce the chance of post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation if you're prone to those um, discolorations after breakouts as well or just general trauma if some people get post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation from simply scratching their skin. So genesis is a great treatment for helping reduce um, those.
0: I like that it also is not painful. You know, when you get it done, it literally just feels like warm raindrops on the skin. It's such a comfortable treatment. All skin types can benefit from it, even those with sensitive skin. I love it for my clients with sensitive skin. It's a bit of a Mm one-stop shop, I think. So Mm. I guess essentially laser genesis is a form of collagen induction therapy. As well, which, you know, for clients, that anyone that's wanting to prevent the early signs of ageing, you can definitely add a laser genesis treatment to your clinical treatments that you're getting done.
1: Okay, so laser genesis works by stimulating the skin to above 40 degrees Celsius, where we know that the skin is clinically proven to denature collagen and call upon its reproduction. That's going to help, as I said, with pore size, with fine lines and wrinkles. So it's more um, for clients that are wanting to get stuck into more age management concerns because we know after the age of 30 people say that our collagen can decrease by one percent per year so let's get that number down by stimulating new collagens in the skin and new proteins in the skin so how it also works is the way that it actually produces the heat in the skin is by being absorbed by the blood vessels in the skin or the visible vascularity in our skin because laser work's Um, quite often by targeting a chromophore in the skin so the chromophore here is hemoglobin and by doing that it actually breaks down the redness that you can see in the skin so it's very very handy for vascular skins for rosacea type skins and as i said before with healing uh, or reducing those signs of post-inflammatory erythema or the redness that a client can see with Uh, prolonged healing from breakouts.
0: Also, people need to know that laser genesis is a very comfortable treatment. You know, you might feel a pang of heat, but it'll be over before you know it. And you can easily go straight back to work as well.
1: Okay. So skin needling, whilst it sounds really scary and I don't want to discount anyone that has had it, that has found it traumatizing, because, we're more sensitive on different days. And I know that that can quite often be the case for women. It's the case for men too. Like I've had some days where I've had skin needling and I felt like it was going into my brain. And then some days I'm lying there and I'm like, Turn it up,
0: <laughs> but you know what? I think that's where the hormonal component. You're not a female, but I'm thinking from a, a female perspective. You know, when mm, when we definitely. are getting treatments and we do have our period or it's that time of the month, you know, whatever your skin can be more sensitive during that time. I know that that's happened to me too. You know, where I've had needling treatments and they don't really hurt that much, and then you get one, you know, during that time of the month, and all of a sudden. it's so painful. You're like, how am I going to get through these next, you know, 20 minutes? Mm.
1: But a good dermal therapist will get you through it. I mean, we have ample stress balls. We'll hold your hand if we can, and we'll go slowly. We really, really will. Microneedling has come a long way, even in, since I've been doing it in the last 10 years, you know, when we started it, we were using a dermal roller, which is basically like a mini paint roller, you roll across a wall. But all around it has needles i mean it sounds extraordinarily barbaric and it kind of was fast forward to today we use a dermapen 4 and it is just so much more pleasant not just from the perspective of the client but also from our perspective because like as a dermal therapist we don't like inflicting a whole lot of pain on our client. Totally. Um, So if we can reduce that discomfort um, and even downtime, we will. And um, so a shout out to Dermapen 4 for being like such a very, very sophisticated, clever device. And this is not sponsored by Dermapen 4, by the way.
0: We've both used it and it's really, really great. (laughs) You know, when we're using a needling device We are perforating the skin and it's, you know, these perforations in the skin that create the controlled trauma and we need that controlled trauma to generate new collagen and elastin in the skin. That's what's going to be getting us the results that we're after. We're triggering the body's um, repair processes. That's what's going to rejuvenate the skin. That's what's going to boost the collagen and elastin. There's not a lot of downtime either. You know, post-needling, your skin might feel a little bit tender. It might look a little bit more red. But this will also depend on how aggressive your treatment actually is. And it's going to help, you know, predominantly with skin tone, texture, and it can even um, help reduce pore size and acne scars. It doesn't do everything, though, does it, James?
1: Well, I mean, it really depends who you ask. Like, I do know some colleagues of mine that really use their microneedling devices at um, appropriate depths to work on melasma, to work on rosacea, vascular skins, to even work on acne too. Personally, they're not our go-to conditions that we use our microneedling device for because we have other modalities that we use in those cases. We use our microneedling predominantly for, as you said, age management, scarring, skin texture, pores, refining fine lines, and skin tone.
0: And it's not painful. Well, it's not too painful. <laughs> um I find the feeling to be kind of like what I imagine a graze to the face might feel like, you know. I think it sounds
1: worse than it is.
0: It just feels like a little bit of a scratch. It's like a, it's a scratchy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you can do it with numbing cream. I know that some clinics do offer it with numbing cream pre. So, you know, you apply the numbing cream for 20, 30 minutes before you do the treatment and this can help with some clients. I personally prefer to do it without numbing cream. Plus, if you don't use numbing cream, the treatment can then, you know, be done during pregnancy. I know that needling is actually one of the only treatments that I did during my pregnancy. Yeah,
1: the story about numbing is um, maybe a little controversial. We don't numb because we're actually not allowed to apply a numbing cream without a doctor's supervision. And Mm -hmm. we're a dermal therapist working independently. So we just don't numb the skin. Uh, But another rationale for not numbing is, I guess, you know, I don't want to say we don't numb because we can't and therefore the client misses out on the numbing. But an important consideration for not using a numbing cream is that when we're using a microneedling device, we are relying on a certain response from the skin. And it's not just with microneedling. As dermal therapists, we are constantly reviewing what the skin's doing to know when to stop, when to keep going, you know, constantly ensuring that um, what's occurring with our client's skin is in their best interest. So with microneedling, we often, depending on what we're trying to work on, need to see some pinpoint bleeding. Now, numbing cream can actually vasoconstrict the skin, which can mean that we can't know if we're over-treating or under-treating. So it's not a bad idea to actually not numb. And I have to say, if I think about the majority of clients – they always say that was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yes. You know, and I I think that as dermal therapists, I think, and and I've been accused of this, clients say to me, James, you worked me up for no reason. But I say, I just wanted to let you know, like worst case scenario, that you could find this really uncomfortable. One particular client, she she put it off for years and years and finally did it, not with me, with actually one of the other dermal therapists here, and um, came out and said, James, you know, you really like made me think that that was going to be so much worse than it was.
0: I know, but it's needles. You know, any, anytime anyone hears needles, it's not going to, you know, elicit a really relaxing response.
1: Mm. One of the things I love also about microneedling is that really after the treatment is finished, any discomfort is also ceases at the same time it's not like peels or some other more tr- um, uh, invasive procedures that it's not only uncomfortable at the time but then you have to go home and the skin's got to be hot for hours then it's got to be red for a few days then it starts peeling mm-hmm. you know that's the one of the great things about microneedling is the is the trauma happens
0: during the treatment at the time of the treatment
1: yeah. and then you just go home and then you care for your skin in an appropriate manner Afterwards,
0: I know. And I guess that's when you've got to follow the guidance and the professional aftercare that's provided to you by the dermal therapist. You know, I Mm -hmm. always recommend no actives after any of these treatments. We call it controlled wounding for a reason. So if you start using strong actives, thinking that you're going to be doing your skin a whole world of good, you know, you've just had a treatment, let's try to enhance these results, it's actually going to put you back. It's not what we recommend. Again, Any type of vigorous exercise, you don't want to be putting heat into the skin, you don't want to do uh, a microneedling treatment and then go into a sauna. It's also really important, I think, to stay in touch with your dermal therapist because while the treatment is like a 20-minute, 30-minute session, um, you know, two to four weeks is when the magic happens. And that's just as important for us, I think. We really recommend that clients stay in touch and never think that your dermal therapist doesn't want to hear from you because they do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Clients also appreciate the little holiday from their home care after treatment too. You know, because they take it really easy. They might just be using a basic cleanser, a moisturizer or a post-treatment balm. Of course, their sunscreen. So they're always like, oh, I get a little holiday from my skincare. I also want to say... And, you know, this is to any dermal therapist out there that you can never underestimate even how many times you've seen a client um, that you have to reinforce what they need to do with their home care. Because I'm quite often amazed when um, you hear back from a client that you've been seeing for years and they're like, oh, my skin's um, a little bit irritated. And you're like, "Um, you've just been following your post-treatment protocol. Oh, no, no, no. I've been using my retinol since I saw you last. Mm -hmm. You're like, Do you remember I told you that you're not supposed to do that for five to seven days? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, all right. Well, I'll stop doing that. I like problem solved, but nonetheless, you know. So, really reiterating that post treatment advice is so important.
0: Totally. And your clinic will send it to you. You know, you can get it by email. You get it at the time of the consultation. Your dermal therapist will talk to you during the treatment and tell you what not to do. So it's really important that you listen to get the best results as well. So,
1: Yads, we just touched on three treatments that I know we both perform heavily in our clinics, but they're just three examples of a lot of treatment options out there, Um, some ranging from just as invasive as what we discussed, some ranging from more, some less, some with greater abilities to treat more conditions as well. So when you're looking for a dermal therapies clinic, ideally your dermal therapist should let you know in relation to what you want to work on if they have the right modalities to treat. I know for us, for example, there's some things that we can't do. So, for example, you know, skin tightening, for example, is a really important, I think, um, tool in the toolbox if you're trying to work on age management. So we have a clinic that we refer to all of our skin tightening procedures for.
0: James? Can we just ha- take a minute for your skin? What have you been doing to your skin?
1: My skin? Yes. Oh, yeah, for you can see me through Zoom. For
0: context, <laughs> we are recording this via Zoom.
1: Well, nothing because, like, I'm just – the clinic's closed. I'm just using my home care. But I can't wait for a very, very deep peel and a big shot of laser genesis. That's for sure. What are you going to have when the clinic's reopen?
0: Oh, my God. Getting out of lockdown is my ultimate dream at the moment. Um, I think, honestly, people probably think that we treat our skin all the time, but normally we're too busy treating other people. I think uh, as soon as I'm allowed out of the house, I think I'll definitely do a needling treatment on myself. I also I got super addicted during my last pregnancy too. You said that.
1: And good segue, Yads, into our next episode, <clears throat> which is all about what to do, what not to do, um, what treatments are available during pregnancy something that you know um a thing or two or three about
0: three yeah definitely three (laughs) pregnancy that yeah that old thing i have three kids so i think i know a little bit about pregnancy skincare but it's such a crazy time for the skin and we need to chat about it it's something that we get asked about all the time too and that's what we're going to be covering in the next episode pregnancy skincare
1: let's do it see you then